CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media. This is the Northwest Tank Lines Super Bowl Show. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. Sponsored in part by The Landing Pub and Grill in Ladner, Delaney's OK Tire Langley, Able Auctions, Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey, and by the West Coast Auto Group. Now from Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, here's Bob the Moj Marjanovic. Welcome to the Northwest Tank Lines Super Bowl Show. This is our best of of what we managed to conjure up this week at Radio Row in Las Vegas. Of course, Super Bowl 58 taking place Sunday between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Hour number two, we'll have a little fun talking to Chris Sims from NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk. UFC fighter Chuck Liddell was in the neighborhood. We'll chat with him. Our good friend Ross Tucker. Uh, Man, has he taken off as a podcast star. He'll stop by as well as Dean Blandino. Fox NFL rules analyst and also the director of officiating for the XFL. So we'll get into all of those guests into the second hour. In the first hour, Mike Florio from NBC Sports and, of course, Pro Football Talk will stop by. Dan Orlovsky from ESPN, the legend himself. I'm not talking legend. Doesn't get much bigger in Vegas than Wayne Newton. How about that? One of our guests this week was NFL Hall of Famer, Miami Dolphins legend Dan Marino. And by the way, you brought us M&M's, man. I love your style. Yeah. Like, M&Ms, this could, this could sustain us for like about a week. Yes. Just they only eat one at a time then. <laughs> i get you more if you need them. We can get you more, man. Yeah. So we did a commercial. I did a commercial with M&M's, and uh, it's about almost champions. And that they're, they made a ring to provide the comfort for the guys that have not won championships. And it's it's kind of cute. It's a, you know, a funny thing. And Bruce Smith's in it. Terrell Owens. And a special guest, Scarlett Johansson. So she gets a ring, too. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> if she's getting a ring, I'd probably drop down on one knee. But that's just me personally. Yeah, I, I got you. I, how, could, I could see that. How much fun was it? It was a lot of fun. You know, yeah. we did it in, uh, we did it in uh, New York. And uh, those guys, well, I know Bruce really well and T.O. And, uh, and Scarlett was outstanding. She was all into it and had a lot of fun with it. And uh and basically, we're just making fun of the fact that we didn't win a ring. But now we're getting a ring from M&M's. There you go. You know, people bring that up all the time of the career and all that. And I think it's so unfair because it's a team sport. Um, yet at the same time, it, it, you know, I think about what Bill Buckner went through and how the Boston Red Sox fans mm-hmm. kind of forgave him. And after a while, they looked at that body of work and said, this guy's a great player. Right? Yeah, I mean, and yeah, I think yeah. are we kind of at the stage, too, now where people look at your career and say, hey, this guy was an outstanding player regardless of the, the, the ring thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, to, to me, what I did in my career stands on its own. I yeah. don't have to worry about what other people think about it as, as far as that's concerned, as far as, you know, winning a Super Bowl ring. That's the one thing I wanted to win. I, I mean, uh, as much as anybody, I want to know what that felt like, and it just didn't work out. Uh, I feel good about what I accomplished in my career, believe me. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's keeping Dan Marino busy these days? Uh, you know what? I got four grandkids, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing, doing some family stuff, doing a little bit with the team here and there, um, and then doing these corporate stuff that we're doing here for M&M's today. So, and here's the one cool thing, too, is M&M's, if you're here in town, you can go to the store in Vegas, their store, and actually see the ring. Really? Yes. So How much for everybody's the ring out there that's listening, I'm a, 
I don't know. I don't yeah. know how much it's worth. How much is a bag worth? We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. They never told me how much it's worth, but there are real diamonds in it. So wow. whatever that means. You look at this game and you look at the quarterbacks that are in it. I mean, you know, everyone's talking about Mahomes and Purdy and, you know, how great Mahomes is and whether or not Purdy's going to be able to be the guy to take the 49ers to the promised land. You played the position in the National Football League. I mean, let's talk about Mahomes first. What do you admire about his game? Um, Well, his uh, resilience and and, and competitiveness to to win games, to come from behind and and to play, you know, with adversity and then – with that mental attitude, his ability, just God-given ability to throw the football is as is, is good as anybody that's is throwing the ball in the NFL. So he can, you know, he could do all those things, and, and uh, he's won before. He's got a lot of confidence. So he's they're going to be hard to beat. You know, the, the one thing about Mahomes, and I've always thought about this, is he going to revolutionize the position? And what I mean now, like maybe 10 years, 20 years from now, you're going to see kids that are going to be so adept at throwing from different slot angles all the time like we see with Patrick. Because I imagine when you first saw this guy throw some football at some of those angles, you're going, like, what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I did some of that. Me personally, not as much because I wasn't running around as much. Yeah. And that's where, he, that's where he gets his, you know, where he could throw those, you know, balls off angle and throwing them behind his back, throwing them, you know across his body uh so you know you don't see that you're seeing that more now and and, and probably into the future uh he was a baseball player too you know he played yeah. shortstop so that's all part of it i played baseball you know that's 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 what you learn from that so he's uh he's a pretty special player what's your assessment of brock purdy you know i'm pumped up for him because you know being the last guy drafted um starting quarterback in the super bowl he's uh it's a great story. I'd like to see him win, actually. I would because, you know, Mahomes already won a few. Let's yeah. let's, let's get the young kid in there. And um, and the other thing, a little – I mean, he – he I got it, sent a note that he actually – his dad grew up like a Marino fan. Oh, wow. And they watched film, and that's why he wears 13. So all that oh, good that, stuff going that's on. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So he can get his real ring, and I'll get my M&M's comfort ring. Hey, you got the ring. I got the M&M's. I'm just happy we got these two bags here. Baby, you're right. Hey, um, you know, when you look at Purdy, is there part of you that just would like to see him win just to silence all the doubters? Because that's all we hear is the yeah buts with but Brock Purdy. I mean, but, well, that's what media is. Like, media does that all the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that's part of, part of the job. You bring the questions out there. Yeah, but, well, but he's – He's in the Super Bowl and he's playing, and he's he's brought a team there that's a very good team, and he's part of that. And he, you know what? The the one thing I would just say is, for him, just to understand how important it is to try to take advantage of this opportunity, because you know you might not get it again, even if you're young like him. Yeah, there's a guy by the name of Montana who's become a good friend of ours. And, yeah, Joe. I love yeah, Joe, Joe's, Joe's going to be man. floating around a, a few times here at Radio Row probably the next couple of days. We always manage to, to get Joe for a few minutes, and one of the things we talked about once was. Man, he goes, if I could play with today's rules, I said, well, how would you do with today's rules? And he just shakes his head, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Think about the fact that the rules are different, that opens up for the passing game, and the fact that you're so protected. Man, I've gone back and watched some stuff on YouTube. You guys in the 80s, yeah, like every crunched. time you're getting like slammed to the turf, and like it's yeah, ridiculous. No, yeah, stuff the rules get, are different. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's just, but it's the way the game's evolved. So it's like that's what the rules are. Yeah. Now, you know, I mean, uh, but, but, Definitely, 
I probably could have played longer. The yeah. rules were different. Well, the other thing, too, is I would have hated to see some of the yardage numbers you guys would have put, put oh, up. Yeah, for sure. It, we we just, don't have to prove it, so we could just say anything. Now. Yeah. I threw for 6,000 Do you think sometimes numbers. that and for a guy that paid the price, as did, as did Joe, um, do you think sometimes it's gone way too much? Because I, sometimes we see those roughing the quarterback penalties that, man, come on. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Football, there's some of them aren't. There's some of them aren't. Uh, they're questionable. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do see the importance of it because you want your star quarterbacks. You want them in the game. You want them playing because uh, that's what the franchise relies on, the team relies on them, the community, everything. So I, I can understand why the rules have changed to help them health-wise. Um, last one before we let you. A couple more before we let you go. Uh, first off quarterbacks today i don't know how much you watch in the nfl but there's anybody that you really admire or kind of enjoy watching their game um i mean lamar lamar uh, jackson is pretty pretty special as far as uh you know what he can do with you know and and, and, and mahomes and all those guys and even then you look differently you know our guy too is uh, i think has had an incredible year and he uh you know just at the end of the year we weren't that healthy and uh i, I think it really uh, hurt us and it's not an excuse, but it's an excuse. <laughs> so. What do you think about the evolution of the position? Because now you're seeing so many much more mobile yeah. quarterbacks. Guys, we talked about Mahomes' different arm angles and all that. Just your thoughts on the evolution. Yeah, well, I mean, it is is getting to be a position where it's better if you can make plays as far as outside the pocket and off-schedule plays. Um, but also, you still got to win from the pocket, too, because they could take you out of that game if they want to, defensive coordinators. Um, but as far as just uh, the overall concept of throwing the ball, now they throw the ball sideways a lot, you know, throwing those quick screens and the, and the RPOs, and, and that really wasn't even in our offense at all. It was yeah. all about throwing down the field and, and uh, high-low stretch and things like that, not just dumping it off underneath and seeing if they can run. But I, I could see where the value is because it does work. Um, I don't like asking for predictions, but I do like asking our guests – what are some of the, the questions they want to see answered on Sunday? Some of the things that Dan Marino's looking at in this game and going, hmm, I wonder how this is going to play out. Um, let's see how San Francisco handles their offense, what they're going to do with it, you know, as far as uh, are they going to be very aggressive early on or, or are they going to be more conservative? And I know they love running the football, but that's something I would like to see is, you know, how they're going to handle, you know, what they do offensively against Kansas City. All right, as we let you go, um, what's what's tougher to decipher? A blitz that maybe you haven't seen previously against the team that you're playing or trying to negotiate your way around Radio Row here with all these tables? This is way harder. <laughs> it's not even close. <laughs> I asked Andrew Whitworth the same question. He goes, you know what, at least I knew kind of what was coming. He goes, this is, just, this is, this <laughs> yeah. is the unknown. I uh, know, it's hey, true. Dan, thanks so Take much care, for stopping man. by. Right. This was awesome. Thanks, And uh, continued it. success. Okay. A lot of fun talking to the Hall of Famer Dan Marino. All right, before we get to break, got to tell you about Northwest Tanklands. Actually, I don't. Tommy Blaney says, we're doing too well. you got to tell the people about Big Brothers of Greater Vancouver. Founded in 1978, Big Brothers of Greater Vancouver works to support child and youth development through volunteer-led mentoring programs. Big Brothers Greater Vancouver programs pair children with adults to provide mentorship across a variety of fields of a child's life. Kids gain confidence, they do better in school and socially. It's a win-win as the mentors get to see the development of their little brothers. For more info, visit bigbrothersvancouver.com. All right, the best of continues on the other side. We'll hear from Wayne Newton. Yeah, that Wayne Newton, the legend, right here on the Northwest Tank Lines Super Bowl Show. 
Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year, safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. Thinking of closing your business but not sure what it's all worth or how to get it sold? Let the experts at Able Auctions help. Able Auctions has helped thousands of BC-based business owners sell their business assets, equipment, and inventories for over 30 years. Recent sales include metal shops, wood shops, construction equipment, vehicle and truck fleets, and a whole lot more. If it's a business with assets, Able Auctions can get it sold. To get your business assets sold, email sales at ableauctions.ca. That's sales at ableauctions.ca. Looking for tires? Looking to meet your automotive needs? Looking for great service? Well, it's the Moj, and whenever it comes to tires or meeting those automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire and Langley. OK Tire and Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire and Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. Whether it's for the big game on Sunday or any other night, the Ladner Landing Pub and Grill and Speeds Pub in downtown Ladner are the places to be. At the Landing this Sunday, enjoy the game on 13 TVs. Prizes, great food and beverage features all day. At Speeds Pub, don't miss out on a fun outdoor tailgate party with tons of prizes and drink specials. All at the new Dockside Experience in Ladner. Football day or any day, check out Speeds Pub and the Landing in Ladner. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show. Presented in part by Speeds Pub and Ladner, Delaney's OK Tire Langley, Able Auctions, Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey, and the West Coast Auto Group. Now, here again from Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, here's Bob the Moj Marjanovic. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show coming to you from Las Vegas, Radio Row, Mandalay Bay, Super Bowl 58. Forget about all of it, baby. It doesn't get bigger. You want to talk Mahomes? Forget about Mahomes. You want to forget about Andy Reid. Forget about, you know, Bosa. We have the biggest star in Vegas sitting down with us for right now, the legend himself, Wayne Newton. Mr. Newton, thank you so much for make, uh, taking time out to join us. You are so nice, and 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 I'm staying to meet this guy that you were just talking about because <laughs> I mean, you said some of the nicest things I've ever heard. You know, thank you very much. Well, I got to tell you, I know you have tons of fans. I mean, we've just got people all over the place. I could ask you, Vancouver. Imagine you've come and visited our fair city a few times. Oh my God, I played Vancouver at a place called the Cave. Oh yeah, I played the theaters there. Um, my best friend in the world uh is from lethbridge ontario and, alberta uh, lethbridge alberta yes yeah. alberta and he passed away a couple of years ago but uh we've spent a lot of time in canada and uh the people could not be nicer well i'll tell you what talk about nice you're making the rounds here at radio road promoting the great city of las vegas for people that haven't been to vegas give them the sales pitch why should they come all right. The reason you should come, and uh, this is probably about 10 years old. Vegas has the best entertainment in the world. It has the best restaurants in the world. It has the best shopping in the world. And now we have world-class sports here, uh, starting with our 
our hockey team, uh, when they first started here, I did an interview with uh, a Canadian press, and, and, and they said, well, what do you think about uh, the game? And I said, well, it looks like our Canadians against your Canadians. <laughs> uh, and that's what it was at the time. Yeah, yeah. So we are thrilled that they're here, and we're thrilled that Vegas has come to this this place in, in history. How excited are you about the Super Bowl, and do you have a, a team that you're rooting for? Well, I'm very excited about the Super Bowl, and, and nobody ever thought uh, 10 years ago that this would happen. Uh, the team I'm supporting is the one that's going to win. <laughs> you got to be a politician. Forget a musician. You got to be a politician. <laughs> Hey, um, i got to throw this in. One of my friends, I uh, got to know him over the years. I remember when he played the clubs in Vancouver, Michael Buble. I imagine you've heard his music. Oh, yes, and I I'm a big fan. you got to be a big fan of Michael's, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. He does He does an amazing job. That old school crooner that, you know, that Vegas was known for, right? And Vegas well, still is known you for. You know, Frank Sinatra used to call us all saloon singers. Uh-huh. And that's really what we are. And, and Blue Wave fit right into that and picked it up and uh, I'm so proud of him. I mean, you look back at those years, uh, how much is, I, I mean, Vegas, it's got to be like night and day from when you first arrived here to what it is now. Though. It is night and day. I came here at 15 years old yeah. and uh, I've been here all these years, which is what, 20 years now? And, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll give a few. I'm not very good at math. And um, the, the truth is that you could not do a television show from this town when I came here. The, the first time that Donna Shore or Merv Griffin or any of those people came to town was about maybe 10 years after I had come here. And I came here in 1959. Uh, so the town has changed. Uh, people talk about Sin City. There's nothing that goes on here that doesn't go on in every other city in the world. And uh, so Vegas is just an incredible place to, to visit. Well, I'll tell you what, before we let you go, the the one movie that I just, I love the entire National Lampoon Vacation series, <laughs> the one that you're in, the Vegas Vacation. I had, like a kid, I had this huge crush on Beverly Dance, a very beautiful woman. Well, that's two of us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that scene where you guys are eating the pasta and all that, I just that scene just cracked me up. I, I, I mean, how could she resist your charms, by the way? I mean, come on. She should have well, been she, like. She's so wonderful. And, and what most people do not know is that Beverly was a singer, too. Okay. She was from uh, Columbus, Ohio. Her father owned a nightclub, and he had a big band, and she was the band singer. So, uh, and they also don't realize that Chevy Chase's mother is a classical pianist and teaches at one of the wow. universities. Okay. So we would, we would, uh, we would rap and sing and do all that kind of stuff between takes. It was one of the most fun motion pictures. Hey. I've ever done. By the way, before we let you go, you've done a lot of show business. You've done a lot of press conferences. What's your entire perception and take on this whole radio row schmazzle that's going on here? This is pretty incredible. Wow. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's tough for performers or even press people or even uh, athletes because there are so many of, of you people, and all of you are quality people. 
So it's tough to pass ones and let them say, hey, could I get a picture? Yeah. Could we talk yeah. in a second? Uh, when you'd love to do that because you're such class people. Yeah. Well, Mr. Newton, we appreciate you so much for stopping by. It truly is a highlight to interview a legend and a man who actually had a couple of scenes with Beverly D'Angelo as well. So i got to say that. Thank you so much for stopping by. Glad Thank we made you. you laugh. Thank you. Wayne Newton, who made an appearance at our broadcast location here at the Mandalay Bay Radio Row setup. As we go to break, i got to tell you about Able Auctions Thursday, February 15th. Jeremy Dodd and his crew will sell the contents from three breweries, including a large brew kettle, a canning line, dozens of stainless brew tanks, two depalletizers, a large walk-in cooler, a commercial chiller, a commercial boiler, and a lot more. For information on this brewery equipment auction, go to ableauctions.ca. To get any business assets and equipment sold at auction, email sales at ableauctions.ca. That's sales at ableauctions.ca. On the other side, we have the opportunity to talk to Dan Orlovsky from ESPN. Talk to him about UConn football and what he thinks of Super Bowl 58. All that and more on the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl show. Whether it's for the big game on Sunday or any other night, the Ladner Landing Pub and Grill and Speeds Pub in downtown Ladner are the places to be. At the Landing this Sunday, enjoy the game on 13 TVs. Prizes, great food and beverage features all day. At Speeds Pub, don't miss out on a fun outdoor tailgate party with tons of prizes and drink specials. All at the new Dockside Experience in Ladner. Football day or any day, check out Speeds Pub and the Landing in Ladner. Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. Thinking of closing your business but not sure what it's all worth or how to get it sold? Let the experts at Able Auctions help. Able Auctions has helped thousands of BC-based business owners sell their business assets, equipment, and inventories for over 30 years. Recent sales include metal shops, wood shops, construction equipment, vehicle and truck fleets, and a whole lot more. If it's a business with assets, Able Auctions can get it sold. To get your business assets sold, email sales at ableauctions.ca. That's sales at ableauctions.ca. Moj here for my friends at the brand new Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey. In fact, it's Surrey's only craft brewery. Five incredible beers and more to come curated by infamous brewmaster Kevin Ams. Plus, boutique pizza coming soon by Graham Marceau. Seven TVs and surround sound to watch the game on Sunday or any big game. Plus live music and they are dog friendly. And maybe the best of all, Resurrection Spirit cocktails on tap. Check them out. Located south of Highway 10, just off 152nd Street or online at waybackbruco.com This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show Presented in part by The Ladner Landing Pub and Grill OK Tire Langley Able Auctions The West Coast Auto Group And Wayback Bruco in Surrey Now again, here from Radio Row At Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas Here's Bob the Moj Marjanovic This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show Coming to you from Radio Row We're at the Mandalay Bay Hotel Of course, it is hosting Radio Row Super Bowl 58 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers, a man who is covering the game 
is former NFL quarterback, now working for ESPN, the one and only Dan Orlovsky. Dan, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you guys. I'm and honored. you know what? We are sitting there talking with one of your guys from ESPN, and we said, hey, well, you will talk UConn football because UConn football has been a haven. Or pardon me, I should say the CFL has been a haven for UConn football. I remember gonna, that a little bit, yeah. I'm going to go through the roll call right now. Can I give you some names first of guys that I think that I played with? Okay. That, that at least played there. I don't know if they're playing anymore. Okay. O'Neal Wilson. Okay. Danny Devereaux. Devereaux, I remember the name. Yeah. Larry Taylor. Larry Taylor was in Toronto. Sean Merriman. Merriman was a, S or a UConn guy. Okay. Uh, gosh, there's another guy. I, I've got some here. Okay, fire This is the away. list on the CFL website. Okay. Martin Bedard. Martin Bedard is the name I was thinking about. Long snapper. Yep. Jeremy Davis, John Delahunt, Vontae Diggs, Omar Fort, Ruben Frank, John Green, Jesse Joseph, Junior Joseph, Alex Mateus, Herji Mayalo, just signed in Hamilton, B.J. McBride, David Pindell, Larry Taylor, Noel Thomas II. Some players. I'm telling you, it's like a haven for you guys. Yeah. Part of it was because when I was at least playing, you know, the, the when you're a smaller program trying to go be bigger programs, you're trying to find kids that are maybe a year or two away from what they're actually going to be, you know, and that was the recruiting that our coaching staff did and the development, and they found kids that, you know, were maybe uh, from Canada and came down and played and, you know, that, that were – overlooked by some of the other schools in the states uh, but that were physically talented and maybe they started playing football later you know or yeah. or, or whatnot and and they had the physical tools and our coaches did a good job of figuring well, I think that a out. lot of times too is you know you look at size especially the size factor if a guy's not big enough to play say at a power five school he'll go to maybe to a smaller school but those smaller type speed players play well in the Canadian game, that body type, right? You sure. can be an outside rush guy at, say, 235 or 220, whereas in the NFL you might be considered too light, right? Yeah. So those players that you maybe the NFL really doesn't look at because they don't meet certain parameters, those are the guys that kind of Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Canada. The style of the ball is different. Yeah, it's, it's, different. It's, it's also funny. We've seen a lot of this elements of the CFL kind of creep its way into the NFL over the yeah. past year or two when it comes to some of the offensive sets and the motions and the pre-snap stuff. Well, you look at some of the coaching staffs, a lot of Canadian influence. I mean, Kingsbury has some Canadian CFL background. Um, Taylor in Cincinnati. I mean, you can go on and on. Yeah. And then, you know, you look at certain staffs, have guys. Marcus Brady just, I believe, got hired by the, the Chargers. Correct. Their passing game coordinator. There's a guy with Canadian experience. So it's interesting seeing kind of some of those things that you see in the CFL migrate to the, uh, to the National Football League. All right, let's get into it. First off. Man, that was impressive at the Pro Bowl skills. Uh, I don't know what Stephen Smith's chirping about. I mean, first off, you got to deal with Stephen, Stephen A. Smith and, like, Mad Dog. I love Dog. I've known him for ages, going back to the 94 Cup Finals between the Canucks and the Rangers. But Stephen A. Smith averaged 1.5 points per game at <laughs> Salem or wherever he played, uh, and he's chirping you? Yeah. Come on, man. I, th I always say this. The, one of the benefits of playing quarterback as a young kid, obviously high school, college, you're used to people chirping at you. You know, it, it, it came with that position. So I'm used to it. Uh, that was fun last week. You know, I, I – I, it started to feel bad just because I, you know, the the guys that were down there, because everyone's like, you beat all the guys that were down there. First of all, those guys are so much better than I ever was, and second of all, they're all so cool to me, yeah. you know. And so I don't ever want those cats to feel like Orlovsky's trying to one up us or anything. And I know they probably don't, but I'd never even want to enter into that realm. But um, 
you know, for me, I've got I've got triplet twelve year old boys, and kids are a little different nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I, I'm blessed. My kids are great, but they got some friends that like to to run their mouth a little bit, and you know, I got to check them at sometimes. And so that was for me, it was a little bit like make sure all your knucklehead friends, you know, <laughs> like watch that. Do you know that's one of the things you talk to athletes, and it's really hard for them sometimes as they talk about their careers, and they go, "I wish my kids could have seen me in my prime." Hundred percent. Right? You know what I mean? And that's why some guys might stick around a little bit longer because now when they started, they might have been a newborn. Now the kids like maybe eight or nine or ten yep and they get to see dad play at that level and they actually get to experience him as an athlete yeah i mean my kids again they're great kids but sometimes they make comments and i just laugh you know because a perfect example one of my sons came home a year ago and they said dad mr schultz their gym teacher he's like you should see him throw he could probably throw as good if not better than you and i was just like guys. <laughs> you guys are the dumbest man i love you too you know, so, yeah, I, I, there is an element. I, I wish, you know, my kids know me way more um, as a person on ESPN than they ever did as a, a professional football player and whatnot. And so, um, you know, I, it, it, that's just the, sometimes the reality of life. But I don't – I was telling this to Mad Dog because Mad Dog, you know, and I had a, you know, a little three-minute thing this week and whatnot. I told Mad Dog, I don't ever have to justify my career to anybody. No. Like, that's the beautiful thing for me yeah. is – I maxed out, you know, like I, 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 I defied all the odds and I knew what it takes. So I don't, that's why I like when people say so, I don't care what you say. Like I, yeah. I, I did it. Been there, done that. Yeah. So Dan Orlovsky from ESPN is our guest for a couple more minutes. Um, take off your ESPN hat if you don't mind for a second, but your former team, the Lions, so close to getting yeah. to this big game. As a former Lion, what did it feel like seeing that game between San Francisco and Detroit? Overjoyed f- for the, the season for Detroit. I was there when we were not good, yeah. and those fans still, more often than not, hung with you. And you always felt two things. One, if they could ever win, this place would be sick. And two, you felt bad that you weren't good enough for them to have the pride of a winning team. So to watch the team win this year was amazing. Watching that game in the first half, you know, I felt Detroit was going to win the game. I felt the game was going to go like the first half did, that they would physically just, hey, here it comes. You can't stop us type of thing. And then as the second half started going, it just felt like the third quarter just they got choked out. It was just this snowball. And while there was part of me going, there's so much to be happy about this year, you don't know in this league if you can get back. Mm-hmm. You just don't. You can think you can. Campbell you can talked about that afterwards. You just don't yeah. know. And you sit there and go, my goodness, that might be the best opportunity that group ever has. You don't know. Hope it's not. But And that was the like as happy as you were. You were then ultimately just as sad that, like, yo, you guys were so close and you could have beaten Kansas City. Dan Orlovsky from ESPN, our guest uh, for a couple more minutes. Two questions before we let you go. And, man, when I look at the game from any perspective and having coached at the college level and knowing what you try to do on defense, it's about creating doubt. Sure. Right, I mean, that's the big thing. You can Everyone talks about schemes, this and that, but the bottom line of all those schemes and everything you try to do is you're trying to confuse the opposition. Sure. So how do you create doubt with Patrick Mahomes, number one, and how do you try to create some doubt with Brock Purdy when they're up over that center? Yeah, I think the answer to Patrick is you don't doubt, get Patrick to doubt stuff. You get everybody else to, and you try to make them make, make mistakes. 
you're not going to fool Patrick. He's seen it all already, you know, and he's, he, he knows people try to throw, throw Star Wars at him. So you're trying to – like Baltimore had a couple moments where they confused the offensive line a little bit. You confused the back in protection a little bit. There's been moments where teams have been able to confuse the receivers, and that's why they haven't been on the same page. So you're trying to confuse the others more so than Patrick. The thing that you can do to Patrick, it's hard – you got to say, we're going to play this game from the 60 minute, 60th minute forward, not the first minute on. Can we get that game? Can you get that game to the 60th minute with your team a chance to win the game? And the only way you do that is you make Patrick play boring, 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 outgrind football. Guys that are over talented, they don't want to do that. And see if he can make a mistake or see if he can beat a tackle. That's what you can do to him. For Brock, you know, I, I think the great thing about Brock is in part in the Shanahan tree in this offense is like you get so confident in the play call. That's why so many of these guys, quarterbacks that play in this offense, they're so convicted when they play. Back foot hits the ground, here comes a rip. Uh, Brock Purdy, Tua Tungavailoa, Kirk Cousins, because the plays are so cool and they're so good and you have such conviction in them. Can can you get him to second guess what his eyes are telling him? If you can do that, then you got a shot. All right, the one question we ask all our guests, forget about picking a team, this and that, but – What's the big question that you want to see answered on Sunday? What's that one storyline or narrative that Dan Orlovsky looks at and go, man, I wonder how this works out. Yeah, Sunday. is Kyle Shanahan going to go into this game and say, I want to establish the run early? Because if he does that, I think you're setting Brock Purdy up to fail. Does Kyle Shanahan go, you know what, Steve Spagnuolo, defense quarter Kansas City, I know you want to stop the run and you're good at it, and I know you guys want to play man coverage. I'm going to take all that. You committing to stop the run with people of pressure and you being an aggressive defense and you want to play hands-on man football and I'm going to hurt you with it early on and I'm going to run a ton of misdirection. I'm going to run a ton of bootleg. I'm going to get my quarterback out on the perimeter to, how his, to get his athleticism into the game. I'll run a ton of pick and rub routes off of that action to get easy throws for him rather than sitting there going, I don't want to burden him with this, free him up. And I'll be very interested to see if Kyle does that. Dan, great stuff. Thanks so much for stopping by. Continued success with ESPN. You're killing it. And go UConn Huskies. Thank you, sir. Dan Orlovsky from ESPN paying us a visit here at Radio Rose. We've got a break. i to tell you about Wayback Brew Co. Series only craft brewery. Located south of Highway 10 off 152nd Street. Five incredible beers and more to come. Curated by infamous brewmaster Kevin M's. Boutique pizza coming soon by Graham Marceau. 70 dinners vibe, retro California design with a private space upstairs. i got large patio for spring, fire pits, live music, dog-friendly, seven TVs. And check this out. They also have a 100-inch screen projector for the big game. And they have Resurrection Spirit cocktails on tap. All right, quick break. On the other side, we continue previewing Super Bowl 58 with one of the top insiders in the game. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk and NBC Sports joins us next on the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl show. Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. 
Looking for tires? Looking to meet your automotive needs? Looking for great service? Well, it's the Moj, and whenever it comes to tires or meeting those automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire and Langley. OK Tire and Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire and Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. Moj here for my friends at the brand new Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey. In fact, it's Surrey's only craft brewery. Five incredible beers and more to come curated by infamous brewmaster Kevin Ams. Plus, boutique pizza coming soon by Graham Marceau. Seven TVs and surround sound to watch the game on Sunday or any big game. Plus, live music and they are dog friendly. And maybe the best of all, Resurrection Spirit cocktails on tap. Check them out. Located south of Highway 10, just off 152nd Street or online at waybackbruco.com Hey, it's the Modes. It's just not in the world of sports where having a great roster is important. That's why the West Coast Auto Group has built an all-star roster around their stars. West Coast Toyota, Mazda, Nissan, Kia, and Ford Lincoln get all the headlines, but great defense and role players are just as important. And that's where their famous service comes in. Great service, great selection, great squad. The West Coast Auto Group, just over the bridge in Maple Ridge and at westcoastautogroup.com. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show, presented in part by Speeds Pub in Ladner, Delaney's OK Tire Langley, Able Auctions, Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey, and the West Coast Auto Group. Now, here again from Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, here's Bob the Moj Marjanovic. Welcome back to the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show. Coming to you from Radio Row, Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas, Super Bowl 58. The Chiefs and the 49ers, our 23rd appearance at Radio Row. And a guy who's been here probably just as much or more as the one and only Mike Florio from NBC, NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk. And probably one of our most expensive gets thus far. Because not only did he want one cigar... He wanted, you got the Oliva and you got the Romeo and Juliet. Listen, you don't get anywhere in life without taking what you want. (laughs) And I wanted them both, and I got them both. Hey, you know what? A buddy of mine that I used to work with. You may think you're big, but you can't. I'm scrappy. (laughs) Hey, you're a former lawyer. You can negotiate a good deal. (laughs) A buddy of mine once told me, he said that I worked with him. He says, it's not what you're worth. It's what you negotiate. Yeah, that's right. And you just negotiated a couple, so that's awesome. Hey, all kidding aside, uh, great to have you on board this week. I know we chat often at at Radio Row. Um, How much do you look forward to this week, just having the ability to interact with people face-to-face rather than, you know, being over a TV set or whatever the case may be? It's funny because... Like anything else that is challenging and demanding and different from your routine, I'm very much a creature of my routine. I love my routine. I love my Monday to be the same as it is every other week. I love my Tuesday to be the same. I like to be home. I like to go to my barn and have a little bourbon and have a cigar. I like to be around my dog. I don't like to leave home if I don't have to. So in many respects, I dread this week because it is a major disruption to my routine. Really? It is one week of my life that is forever lost. And as you get, as Jim Harbaugh has said recently, to the point where there are fewer sands in the hourglass, you want to enjoy every moment of every day. So I prefer to be home, and I don't want to come, and I don't want to do this. And then when I get here, it's like, yeah, this is fun. And it's great. Like today, we had nine different guests. And to be able to sit there and talk to 
Baker Mayfield, and then here comes Derek Brooks, and then here comes Max Crosby, and then there's Dan Marino and Steve Young and Justin Jefferson, and to have a chance to sit and, and just have fun and get to know these guys a little bit better and not do the standard same old questions they're going to get a thousand times, just to really try to make them laugh and, and be memorable. That's our goal. We want our interviews of these guys to be memorable to them at a time when they're doing one after another after another. So once we get into it, like it's almost like anything else. You know, once you get a good sweat going, you like it. Yeah. Until you get the sweat going, it's like – I really don't want to do this. Well, you know, it's interesting you mention that because that's one of the things we always try to do with the Canadian twist and such. We had Donovan Nab join us. We didn't even talk football. We talked hockey about his nephew, Darnell Nurse, who's part of the Edmonton Oilers, who are on a great run. And for Darnell, he was ecstatic because we didn't have to talk football hardly at all. And that's what you want to do is you want to make it different, right, so people have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, that's right. You try to come up with something that they're not going to hear a thousand other times this day or this week or whatever else they're doing. And – that part of it's a challenge, but that part of it is, is enjoyable. And the other thing, too, is you get to the point where it is exhausting to be on all the time. Yeah. I like to be able to shut it down. We've got a live show tonight at the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook at 5 o'clock where we're going to do our picks for the Super Bowl. Chris Sims and I are going to do it, and we're going to be answering questions, and we're going to be hobnobbing with whoever happens to show up to want to witness the mess that will be our live show. But you got to be on for that. you got to be on for this. you got to be on for that. And it's just hard to be on all the time. When I'm used to 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern PFT Live on Peacock and Sirius XM 85, and then once 9 o'clock rolls around, I got the rest of the day, except for the days I do radio call-ins, and I do several of them a week. But most of the day, it's just me doing whatever I want to do, posting content at PFT, having my routine, having lunch at 12 every day on the clock, taking a little nap in the afternoon, working out when I want to work out. Like, I, I enjoy that routine. I enjoy not having to be on all the time. But by the time we get to the middle of the week, it's like, you know, it is one week out of the year. It is different. And it is fun. Hey, you know what? Speaking of fun, I watched your preview of the conference championship games, and you and Sims were having fun. You're talking about downsizing the farm. He's talking about going into the garage and watching the games. You guys have such fun with that. I mean, it was really, really cool to see. And it was even more fun because I was right on both games, and I think he was wrong on both games. Did he pick the Lions to win? I I think think he might have. Yeah. And I picked the Chiefs to win, and I think he picked the Ravens. Or he picked the – he picked the 49ers to win but cover the spread. I think that was the difference. So that was a good day for me. I was very happy with that. We're very competitive with each other. I've got no desire to bet on sports because, number one, my dad was a bookie and he told me at a young age you can't win, and I still believe that now. You can't win over time. You're going to lose. You may have some short-term dopamine rushes, and that's fine if you like that. If you understand over time, you're going to lose. The best thing you can hope for is to be almost 50-50. That's it. But – he and I get a lot of that dopamine rush from competing with each other and battling each other every week, every season, and that's just that's great because it costs us nothing. And we get paid to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's even better. You're having fun. Mike Florio from NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk is our guest here at Radio Row. I'm going to throw this one to you and make it a little different for you. You've been asked a million questions. You've probably answered them a million times. What's something that Mike Florio – would like to talk about that maybe he's flown under the radar that people really haven't gotten to you about for this either Super Bowl? You, you want to talk about the Super Bowl or you want to talk about issues regarding the league as well well I still don't believe the league is taking the gambling situation seriously enough and 
when Roger Goodell said in 2012 that if legalized gambling occurs on a widespread basis, normal incidents of the game, such as fumbles, bad snaps, penalties, etc., will fuel speculation, distrust, and allegations of point shaving or game fixing. I want to know what they're really going to do to deal with that now that we're in this age of fully bloomed sports betting, 38 states in the District of Columbia, the NFL profiting from it in various different ways, owners permitted to own up to 5% of a sportsbook company, up to 5%. You think of how big some of these are, 5% yeah. is a major investment in a company like that, whether it's DraftKings or Sportsbook or whatever, or, or, or FanDuel or whatever. Anyway, I feel like that's not being covered enough. I feel like they're, they've been able to manipulate the situation so they don't have to answer the tough questions about it. And here's my concern, and it always has been. Do you feel the NFL is vulnerable, especially when it comes to officials? And we saw that happen in the NBA. Well, here's the thing. I have been inundated with complaints from fans via email, social media, etc. My son is a big believer in this, that things are fixed now. Things are fixed. It's fixed. It's fixed. Now, I don't think the NFL could ever sit down and say, we want the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, so here's our plan for making it happen. Too many people would know about it. Too many people would be floating in the East River by mm -hmm. the time it was all said and done to keep that secret. But I think that the opportunity is there for one or two people who choose to try to do something. If it is an official, a Tim Donahue type of a person, or if it's just a player who has, for example, let's say it's a running back, and his over-under rushing yards for a game is 74 and a half, and he's got 70. Oh, my hamstring. Yeah. I can't play anymore today. Easy way to hit the under. Easy way to hit the under. And those little things could happen, and I don't know what they have in place. All they have in place are the rules against betting and how they enforce the rules against betting, and there's an inherent hypocrisy there. It's do as we say, not as we do. But I just think they have – and what I'm trying to do is get them to be sensitive to it and to spot the problem and fix it before it blows up in the form of a major controversy that hurts everyone and put, results Put the in, stop sign at the intersection before yeah. there's a fatality. And, and – Avoid a situation where Congress would create an agency that would have oversight of the NFL and maybe other pro sports to force them to handle information properly. There is a ton of inside information. In the stock world, it's called material non-public information. You go to jail if you trade on inside information on stocks. They need to have clear rules. They need to have strong penalties against people who have access to the information that affects a game and how that information could get misused and end up being manipulated and and leveraged by a gambler into a, a, an unfair inside advantage. Mike Florio is our guest, NBC Sports, of course, Pro Football Talk. Um, one question I wanted to ask Thomas Dimitrov when we had him, and, and I messed up and I forgot about it. I want to throw it your way. Um, why is Bill Belichick not coaching in this league this year? Is it just an issue of control? Originally... I thought there's no way he's not going to get one of these seven jobs other than the Patriots job, which he obviously left. It comes down to, I believe, what Robert Kraft said on the day that they announced the mutual party. Kraft was asked whether or not he gave any consideration to taking Bill Belichick up on his offer to assume less power and stay. Kraft said that's not practical. It would be uncomfortable. It would be awkward because you've got a guy who used to run everything, who now isn't. And somebody else is. 
How do you interact? How do you coexist? How do you make that work? I think the same thing applies if he goes somewhere else because of what he's been all these years. Let's say the commanders had hired him to be the coach. And I've been told, and I believe this to be true, Josh Harris, the owner of the commanders, wanted Bill Belichick to be the coach, or at least was enamored with the idea. That's the way I heard it. I don't know that he wanted him to be, but he was enamored with the idea, but he understands. I've got Adam Peters, who I want to be the GM, who was a lackey in the Patriots organization for six years under Belichick. So when Belichick shows up in his cutoff hoodie and that perpetual scowl and sits down at the first draft meeting and Adam Peters is in charge, is he really in charge? No. Can you ever really be in charge? Like, the guy who ran everything in New England and won six Super Bowls is now the coach and he works for you. Does he really work for you? When it's time to pick a player in round four and you've got a receiver that you found from Marshall and you say, this is the guy I think we should take here, and Belichick goes, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So who's really in charge? So I think that's the reality. Until someone is willing to give him the keys and say, drive the car wherever you want, he's not going to have a job. And I think Arthur Blank wanted to do it, and I'd love to know the true story behind what happened with Arthur Blank and Rich McKay to get Bill Belichick to go a different direction. All right, the question I like throwing our guests, I'm not into the predicting game, but I like finding out what intrigues them about the game, the questions they want to see answered. For you, what are those questions? Patrick Mahomes has lost to two quarterbacks during his career in the postseason, Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. Can Brock Purdy be the third? Is Purdy that guy? If Purdy can do it, he's that guy. He joins a club that currently has two guys in it, Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. If Purdy can beat Patrick Mahomes in a postseason game, especially in the Super Bowl, where Mahomes has a chance to go from two to three, and we know Mahomes is fixated on getting to seven. He should be. That's what's driving him. You know, and it's great for him to have that goal. Because otherwise, I remember Terry Bradshaw talking about this back in the 70s or in the aftermath of his career. When you climb the mountain and you go back down to the bottom, he would go through like a depression, like, I'm going to climb the same damn mountain again. I just climbed that mountain. Well, I want to do something else. There's no other mountain to climb. That's the mountain, so climb it again. So in his era, there wasn't that same marker that we have now. Tom Brady, seven, go. And I think that that makes it harder for Brock Purdy to do what he would need to do to try to win this thing. And I expect the Chiefs to win, but who knows? It's part of the fun of football. You never know what's going to happen. But I think that Mahomes, keenly aware of his legacy and what it means to get to three. And he gets to three, and we start thinking, uh-huh. he no. gets to four, and we're like, uh-oh. Because he's only six years in as mm-hmm. a starter in the NFL. It's amazing. And he could have had more than two. If his toe wasn't injured in 2020, Super Bowl against the Buccaneers, he could already have three. If the rules were different for overtime or if the coin lands differently in 2018, he could already have four, for crying out loud. If they don't blow the 21-3 lead to the Bengals in advance of Super Bowl 56 against the Rams, he could have five already. It's just amazing, and it makes me think he's going to keep coming back, he's going to keep knocking on the door, he's going to keep winning, and it makes me believe he's determined to get to number three. 11 minutes of Mike Florio, and I never even bothered asking about your fantasy football team and what's no, going on. No, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told you I'd give you a good spot. I'll keep going if you want. No, Mike, it's all great. We know you've had a, a very They're busy day. They're playing me out. They got the music on to play me out. And, uh, no, no, it's all good. Out. It's, you know, we appreciate He doesn't want to have to give me a third cigar. <laughs> we appreciate you stopping by, and anytime you're in Vancouver, man, I got I love Vancouver. Got tons of cigars. My wife and I went to, I've told you this before, I'm sure. When we got married in 1994, we went to Seattle for a few days, Vancouver for a few days, and then Victoria Island. 
I love Vancouver. Stanley Park is awesome. One of these days we're going to go back to Vancouver. Well, when you go back, I'll take you to City Cigar, the largest cigar store in Western Canada, and you can have your fill, baby. I look forward to negotiating with them. (laughs) Hey, Mike, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. All right, that concludes our number one of our best of show. Heard from NFL Hall of Famer Dan Marino, Wayne Newton, who's in probably every music Hall of Fame, ESPN's Dan Orlovsky, and NBC's Mike Florio. Now, our number two, we'll hear from NBC's Chris Sims, UFC legend Chuck Liddell, Ross Tucker, a good friend with the Ross Tucker podcast, and Fox NFL rules analyst Dean Blandino. There's a third team out there Sunday, folks, and it's called the Officials. We'll get into all that with Dean coming up next right here on the Northwest Tank Lines Super Bowl Show. This is the Northwest Tank Lines Super Bowl Show. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. Sponsored in part by The Landing Pub and Grill in Ladner, Delaney's OK Tire Langley, Able Auctions, Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey, and by the West Coast Auto Group. Now from Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, here's Bob the Moj Marjanovic. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl show coming to you from Radio Row, Mandalay Bay Convention Center, Super Bowl 58 this week, right here in Las Vegas, featuring the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Now, a lot of people talking about the teams, and, you know, they talk about the 49ers, they talk about the Chiefs. Folks, there's a third team that's on the field Sunday, and those are called the officials. Our next guest knows all about it, Dean Blandino. Fox Sports NFL rules analyst, of course, previously the NFL's VP of officiating and currently with the XFL. Dean, thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks for having me. Always good to chat with you guys. You know what's great is seeing you. Unfortunately, I know we were talking about this. Uh, Mike Pereira, our good friend who was on with you yeah. last year yeah. uh, when we visited you with Radio Row. For people that don't know, um, Mike had serious, and I'm talking extremely serious, back surgery. I talked to Mike maybe just a little bit before Christmas. I think it was, what, over 10, 11 hours, something like that? Yeah. The yeah. amount of vertebrae that were fused, and this this yeah. was, like, crazy. It was Yeah, it was an extens- extensive surgery. Everything went well. He's he's rehabbing now. He's up and about, yeah. um, doing really well. I, I saw him at the championship game in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago, and uh, yeah, he's tracking toward uh, toward being back pretty soon. And that's great because he's one of the quality people in this yeah. game and one of the quality people that we've been lucky enough to meet over the years and wish Mike uh, nothing but the best. Now, let's talk a little bit about Sunday. I just mentioned everyone talks about the Chiefs. Everybody talks about the 49ers. What's it like for the officials as they prepare for Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah, so they've been preparing the crew. They would have been notified right right after the wild card games. So they 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 know they got the game. Then they're going to start right away. Zoom calls, conference calls, getting together, talking about the two the the you know the potential you know the teams. At that point, you still had a bunch of teams left. As as the teams get knocked out, now you're kind of once the championship games are over, now you can really focus on the Chiefs and the Niners, looking at their game film. Um, getting ready. Then they get here. It's a little bit different. The lead-in, normal game, Sunday, you're there Saturday. You have a pregame meeting. You have a meal, and then you work. Here you get in Thursday. They do a big dinner with the families, which is one of my was always one of my favorite events of the year because with the officials, there's so much sacrifice on the part of their families because these officials, they're gone, you know, 17, 18 weeks during the season, four weeks during the pro- preseason. And uh, so to be able to celebrate this accomplishment with their families, then they'll do a walkthrough on Friday, Saturday, walk throughout the stadium, go through the coin toss and go through the national anthem and everything that they have to do. And then Saturday have a, have a pregame meeting and then Sunday 
didn't work the game. You know, Dean, it's interesting because we always talk about players and how they prepare. They look at the opposition. They try to scout. They look at tendencies. Do officials do anything like that at all when they look at the team, particularly in this game, that the teams that they're working with? They do. They do. They'll look for tendencies. They'll look for formational things. What do they like to do in short yardage? You know, is there anything special? You know, do they have do they have in terms of their defensive, you know, what, what fronts do they run? Any Anything like that that can just help the officials anticipate and uh, you know they're not they're not going to sit there and break it down to the extent that the teams will, but they're going to just look for for those tendencies that can help them be in the right position to make to make the right call on Sunday. You know, it's interesting. I know talking to Mike in the past, not a fan of the All Star crews. No, no, he's always you? been a yeah. I, I you know I kind of see both sides of it. The, I think the crew. I like the continuity of the crew working together all year, and then, you know, the teams are together all year, and, and then, you know, the crews will get together and, and work 17 weeks, 18 weeks, and then they get broken up in the postseason. The flip side of that is, you know, you want your best officials in the in the in these games because these are the most important games of the year, and, and you don't want a, a really good official sitting at home because maybe their crew didn't grade out that well. So I kind of see, see both sides. I think one of the things we did was just try to, within that, all-star individual-based system try to keep some crew members together whenever you could dean blandino is our guest rules analyst for fox sports on sundays of course all their nfl coverage also the head of officiating for the xfl we'll talk about that in a second um big picture wise some of the rules that you know i have a beef with and we'll get into it in a second but what are some of the things you'd like to see changed rules wise at the nfl level I, I think, you know, I think the game's in a good place. I don't like when we change a bunch of rules. I think that makes it harder for the officials. It makes it harder for everybody. You're going to learn a whole new thing, coaches, players, officials. I think the league could do a better job just from a transparency standpoint and being able to explain things more, be able to let people in and listen to the conversations that maybe the replay booth is having, the command center is having with the, with the referee. Because I think that's something we've done in the spring leagues and, uh, and it's kind of changed the narrative around officiating. And they, they understand people, they may not always agree with it, but they have a better understanding of what went into that decision. Well, I think one of the things, and it's funny because doing the play-by-play for the, the Lions and the CFL, my, my former, well, my color guy is a former quarterback in the league, and he sees guys getting grazed now, and it's a 15-yard yeah. penalty. And, you know, he's losing his marbles because that's it's football. I understand the black and white of it. Because if you strike the head in any manner, whether it was flagrant, whether it was accidental, the referee, the officials can make the call. There's no judgment call. It's, it's black and white, right? Yet at the same time, there's a part of me that says this is a contact sport. And sometimes I see some of these penalties. And by the book today, they are penalties. But there's a part of me that says, ah, I, maybe I'm too old school, Dean, but I just don't, I don't see it yeah, as a penalty. I know. And I think that's part of you, you do from a rules perspective, you're trying to give the officials as much direction as possible. And right when it's black and white, you can, you can, I think, ideally be more consistent and not living in this gray area. But I do think you have to give the officials some discretion because. If the contact wasn't forcible or if it was incidental, those types of things, that, that's a 15-yard penalty that is so significant and yeah. has such a big impact on the outcome of the game. So I think you want to give the officials some discretion, but I think you, you have to kind of at least be consistent in, in your, your direction, your messaging, so the officials can be as consistent as possible in their calls. You know what? The other one, too, that sometimes gets me is the slide. And I feel 
it, I just feel for the defenders because they are in just such a real tough situation because they're going to commit themselves, and if that quarterback slides and they make any sort of contact, well, it's a penalty. And, you know, there are times when guys don't slide. We saw it with Josh Allen a couple of weeks ago where everybody thought he was going to slide, a little juke move, and he's off to the races. So um, I don't know what can be done there because I think it, the defenders are almost a lose-lose situation. Yeah, that's a tough one, and we've always, you know, you talk to the especially the quarterbacks, if you want the protection, you have to slide early. you got to get down early, and if, if the defender is already committed when you start your yeah. slide, then that contact is is legal provided you don't go to the head neck area. It's a tough play on the defense. It's a tough play to officiate because these quarterbacks, they know, and they're trying to push the envelope, and they're going to slide at the last possible moment, and then there's a big hit, and, and there's that reaction. And it's hard in that moment to kind of separate the emotion of it and just not, you know, not throw the flag. So you want them to get down early, slide early, and uh, and then officiate it accordingly. Dean Blandino is our guest. You see him on Sundays uh, with Fox's NFL coverage. He is their rules analyst. Here's one for you, and I got into it this with a buddy of mine a couple of weeks ago watching a playoff game. I can't remember. Somebody was diving for the goal line. Ball comes out, goes through the end zone, touchback. Defense gets the ball. Um. What alternatives are there to that rule? Because it just seems so unfair from an offensive standpoint. A lot of times the defense doesn't even gain possession. They just get possession because the ball went through the end zone. Yeah, I think a lot of people – I personally like the rule. I think the end zone's different. I think that that the punitive part of it is, you know, ball security is really important, especially down at the end zone. But I get it. I get – that you just lose control of the ball, and it just happens to hit the pylon where maybe if it was three inches this way, yeah. they would have kept possession. Maybe there's – I know they're going to talk about it this this offseason. You know, is there a world where you say, hey, if the defense doesn't recover, um, the offense keeps the ball, but we move them back, right? Maybe it's the 10-yard line, the 20. I think that's that's an, an option. Um, and, and we'll see. We'll see where the NFL lands on that. Um, you are the head of officiating for the XFL. I talked to our good friend Mike, as we mentioned. Yeah. One of the things we touched on – during our conversation was the fact that in the XFL, you guys are going to give the offense a little bit of a break in terms of penalties down near the goal line situation. And he specifically pointed out that Detroit-Dallas game as an example. So it, it seems like you're not going to – the penalty won't be as punitive. Well, it's the half the distance. There's a change there. And, and so now with the XFL and the USFL – They've merged, so now it'll be called the United Football League going forward. And, and so we're excited about some of the things and changes we're able to make. So one of the things is, is eliminating half the distance where because you have a situation like that Detroit game where the, the Lions get penalized five yards for the, the, you know, the, illegal, the illegal touching based on the reporting deal. So they go from the two to the seven. And then the Cowboys jump offside, and they're on, that, that penalty is only enforced half the distance to the goal line. So, so in the UFL, it would go five yards. It would go the full five yards. So that's just a little tweak in terms of just trying to make that penalty enforcement, uh, you know, more equitable. And then there's some other changes that we're, you know, we're excited about to be able to try some different things. How much fun are you having doing it? I love it. It's a lot of fun, and, and it's different, and, and you're able to. With the NFL, there's a structure. And, uh, you know, to make rules changes, you got to go through a competition committee process. you got to go through a, a voting process with the, the spring leagues. You know, we can make changes and, and, and experiment a little bit more. And, and I think that's good for the game because it's good for the NFL to look at these mm-hmm. things 
that maybe hey we could take a, take a part of that and incorporate it into into our game. Yeah, because when you look at rule changes, particularly Major League Baseball, and maybe I'm comparing apples to oranges, but at least they have the luxury of a minor league system where they can implement some yeah, of these rule changes. That, yeah, it, it works. Maybe it doesn't, and then they put it in the big leagues. Unfortunately for the NFL, there is no quote minor league, but if the XFL is showing something, and maybe they like it, right? Yeah, so. exactly. Right. All right, Dean, we're going to let you run. Thanks so much for stopping by. Always a treat talking to you, and uh, continued success. Thanks for having me. Good stuff with Dean Blandino, Fox Sports NFL Rules Analyst, of course, the Director of Officials for the XFL, stopping by and giving us his thoughts on the third team that is on the field on Sunday, and that's the officials. All right, speaking of great teams, how about the West Coast Auto Group? West Coast Mazda, West Coast Nissan, West Coast Toyota, West Coast Kia, and, of course, West Coast Ford Lincoln. And the key with all of those teams is the service that you're going to get at each and every dealership. They're just over the bridge in Maple Ridge. Also visit them online. Scott Jones and his crew, Phil Stanier, the fencer, Lori Shong, all of them, westcoastautogroup.com. All right, coming up in the next segment, Chris Sims from Pro Football Talk and NBC Sports previews the Super Bowl for us right here on the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl show. Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year, safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. Thinking of closing your business but not sure what it's all worth or how to get it sold? Let the experts at Able Auctions help. Able Auctions has helped thousands of BC-based business owners sell their business assets, equipment, and inventories for over 30 years. Recent sales include metal shops, wood shops, construction equipment, vehicle and truck fleets, and a whole lot more. If it's a business with assets, Able Auctions can get it sold. To get your business assets sold, email sales at ableauctions.ca. That's sales at ableauctions.ca. Looking for tires? Looking to meet your automotive needs? Looking for great service? Well, it's the Moj, and whenever it comes to tires or meeting those automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire and Langley. OK Tire and Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire and Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. Whether it's for the big game on Sunday or any other night, the Ladner Landing Pub and Grill and Speeds Pub in downtown Ladner are the places to be. At the Landing this Sunday, enjoy the game on 13 TVs. Prizes, great food and beverage features all day. At Speeds Pub, don't miss out on a fun outdoor tailgate party with tons of prizes and drink specials. All at the new Dockside Experience in Ladner. Football day or any day, check out Speeds Pub and the Landing in Ladner. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show. Presented in part by Speeds Pub and Ladner, Delaney's OK Tire Langley, Able Auctions, Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey, and the West Coast Auto Group. Now, here again from Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, here's Bob the Moj Marjanovic. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show coming to you from Radio Row, Mandalay Bay Hotel, for Super Bowl 58. Pits the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers at Allegiant Stadium. Our 23rd time we've been at Radio Row. And in the last few years, this guy's become a regular and always fun talking to him. 
Christopher Sims. Whoa. NBC Sports, of course, Pro Football Talk. I got to go with the Christopher because that's what your dad calls me. I, right? I like it. That's, well, that's how you know you and I were becoming friends like that. that, that like, only my closest like people in my life call me Christopher. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, my dad will always like he'll hear somebody call me Christopher. You know, I named him Christopher. I didn't name him Chris. And for some reason, when I was little, I was like, "Damn, my name's so long." I used to just tell people, "I'm Chris. I'm Chris. I'm Chris." I don't mean his mom named him Christopher. I don't know why he doesn't do that. So I think a lot of like, you know, some of his friends always call me Christopher, and then some of my friends have heard everybody call me Christopher, and then they jump on the bandwagon. You know, it's, it's usually the reverse because parents call you by your full name right. when you've done something bad. Right, right. right? Full name, middle name, exactly. last name, and it's like boom, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. you're like you're done. <laughs> I was lucky; I didn't have, I don't have a middle name, so I, you know, I just, you know, I'd get Boba, and that's like my mom talking in Serbian, right? Right, and I'd be like, it wouldn't be good, right? So it'd just be like boom, done. Hey, um, lot to get into, but it was interesting. I, I heard you talking with the guys from Tyler. Right. Um, and you were talking about a story like when you were a kid watching your dad. Hey, none of this sweet business, right? Like, you know, in a 300-level executive suite. No, right. You're watching Giants games in the stands. In the stands. What in was the that stands. Experience? Like, it was funny because, like, you know, guys will start ripping your dad. Like, hey, that, that's his kid over there. Yeah, right. You know, I, I mean, I, I pride myself on being a man of the people, and I feel like that's where it kind of started. Uh, yeah, I mean, as you guys know, right, I mean, the NFL, back in the 80s, quarterbacks weren't making, like, they were making good money, but not like, you know, now they're in, in a whole different stratosphere where they can, you know, have other businesses and do whatever and really never have to think about working ever again. So, yeah, we didn't have that kind of money that we were in, in some suite, a giant stadium. Nobody did on the Giants football team. There was no family that had a suite like that. So I sat in Section 236 on the mezzanine level. I like to sit up a little higher so I could see the field and really see the game. And it's New York, and you know New York leads the world in jerks. doesn't matter if they're, you know, and I'm one of them, so I, I can say that. But, yes, and so, you know, there would always be somebody in our section getting on my dad, saying things, whatever, and you you learn to get some thick skin and deal with it. And every now and then a man would stand up and be like, hey, these are his family down here, right? But that was few and far between. Uh, but, hey, it's part of it, and it's certainly more good than bad came out of all hey, this Hey, forget stuff. about that. The, the, the part of the story you talked about, hey, Dad, you missed that guy down oh, the middle. Yeah, yeah. I like to sit up there, and I'd, you know, get on him after the game, especially if I got older. Yeah. And I got older, and, and I was a – I was the kind of kid at four years old, knew every player in the NFL, their number, everything about them. That's just who I was. So I don't think my dad would ever be shocked that I'm in this business now and doing what I do. But he knew I'd do the game, and he would legitimately, when I would be like nine and ten years old, we'd get in the car after the game, and he'd go, you know, what did you think? Did you, did you think I missed anybody you know, during the game a little bit? And I'd be like, you know, there was that one play. I saw a guy going down the middle of the field, and, you know, he, he'd talk about it or tell me what he saw. Uh, great experiences, really. Um, a lot of cool things. Of course, some tough things, too. New York Post saying your dad sucks or something like that on a Monday morning, but but uh, still way more good than bad. Do you know, you can just hear the passion in your voice. It's something that you've always had, and now you've transferred it from playing into, you know, pro football talk and with NBC, man. This, you, you, can't, you never get sick of talking football. I, I don't. I love it. I love football because it's endless it's it's endless and the schematical things you can do and the creativity and how you can unpack that and then I also think it's the most psychological sport 
there is as well. And I love that, how you handle pressure, how you process things on the football field. So, uh, yeah, I, I really love studying and I love talking about hey, it. Hey, I listen to Pro Football Talk. I watched it, you and Florio. I think it was a conference champion. You guys were talking about, like, your man caves, the garage, we chicken wings. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. dude, I mean, I go, I love this. These guys are right <laughs> in my wheelhouse. Forget about cover. Like, you know, we hear enough of the X's and O's. Like, what are you going to do against cover two man when they rotate right, this Right, right, right. You guys are talking about real guy stuff. We try to. We try to, like, start the show out every day to be a little bit like, let's talk life and, you know, with, with an encompassing football. Right. And then, yeah, we're both obsessed with the sport. The conference championship game, it was the first Sunday, you know, Florio and I didn't have to work the whole year. Right. There was no, no. game on NBC. So we were so excited to be able to sit on the couch like a normal football fan and, you know, have a few drinks. And I did have a lot of, you know, wings and and some good stuff uh, throughout the day. And, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. We try what's, to have fun. what's in the Sims garage? The Sims. Now, gar- hold on. Is it like a real garage or is this thing like a pimped up? extra part of the house no no so i am like it's a i have a i live in an old farm i live in a farm that's 300 years old the house was built in 1724 right uh i had revolutionary soldiers in my family room (laughs) red coats because the guy that built the house was an englishman who had moved to greenwich connecticut Uh, so the barn i live in is the oldest barn in greenwich connecticut it is not sexy or pretty my wife has cleaned it up a little bit. We have a couch in there. We have a big TV. We got a refrigerator in there. But you got to make a fire to warm it up in the summer. I mean, in the winter. It's, it's not like insulated. I don't have any heating system. So it's kind of old school. But I love it because I can go out there. I like to uh, smoke a little. Cigars? Uh, well, I call them daddy cigars. They're <laughs> a- a.k.a. marijuana. So I like, I like to do that. And I can feel not bad about blowing it into my house when I'm out in the bar, right? You, you should come to Vancouver then. You'd have a <laughs> hell of a time, I, my friend. Everybody tells me that. And I really that is on my bucket list for sure, Vancouver. I mean, the pictures I always see of Vancouver are incredible. Do you know what's crazy? Like, we were talking about the transformation. And I, I, what have you been in the industry now, 10, 15 years? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm about 10 years yeah, now. Yeah, so, right. like, I mean, this is my, as I mentioned, 23rd. But, dude, I mean, you got guys now walking around talking about their cannabis products. I mean, the Garrett Blunt is here every year. I mean, other guys as well. And then back in the day, you could not get on. If you wanted to find out, hey, what's a, a prop bet or not or whatever, you couldn't access gambling no. sites through the NFL wide You better call system. Johnny the Bookie. Yeah, you'd have to, right? like, you know, go on your own phone. Now they've got, like, monstrous fan duel sets, DraftKings, you name it. It's transformed so much. It's, it's incredible. I mean, when I got in the NFL and drafted in 2003, I mean, gambling was such a no-no and all of that. And here we are now just embracing it and publicizing it and do it more. I mean, it's, it is totally – the sport has exploded, I think, in the last 20 years. And some of that is because of fantasy football and the gambling and all of that. But, you know, I notice it everywhere I go from people from all over the world. You know, I live very close to New York City, right? So, you know, I, I was just telling somebody I got Spanish people, right, people from Ireland who were kind of learning football. But they're like, this is amazing. I'm really enjoying doing this. And it seems like it's getting popularity everywhere. Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. I know you love the quarterbacks. It's the position you played at the college and NFL level. Um I don't know if you can stop Mahomes, but how do you try to neutralize him? Or just, I shouldn't even say neutralize, but contain him. Yeah, they got to do, well, first off, the 49ers, uh, where, where this is, to me, I'm, I'm still shocked the 49ers are favored. All right? The 49ers have not played 
they might have peaked too early. That's, to me, one of the psychological things here I'm interested to see. They haven't played real good football until early, since early December. You know, can they change that in the last in two weeks off here and going into the Super Bowl? I don't know. Maybe they can, right? But they were outplayed in both playoff games and really probably should have lost both of those games. The Chiefs, on the other hand, like you're talking about here, right, played B-minus football the whole year and then got to the end of the season and were like, we're going to go look like a championship team now. And that does not happen. Like, teams don't just turn a switch on in professional football and then go, we're going to be clean and play perfect yeah. and execute now. It's incredible what we're seeing. And, of course, it feels like they are towards their peak play. And I don't know what the 49ers are going to do. They're going to have to change some things. The biggest thing with the 49ers right now, and I think to contain, like, you're not going to stop Mahomes, but you've got to be a little unpredictable. And that, to me, is where – you know, they have a scheme. They're a little bit of a defense of this is we do what we do. And I, if you do that against Mahomes and Reed, they're going to march right down the field on the first drive and score a touchdown and put the pressure on you that way. So what I would say is curveballs, things they haven't prepared for, and you've watched enough football the last two weeks, there's too much space in the 49ers defense. they got to be a little bit more aggressive dabble in some man-to-man more and I do think dabble with blitzing a little bit more this is their worst defense they've had in their four NFC championship games like this is they've been at four to the last five NFC championship games this is their second Super Bowl this is the worst defense they've had in that run we talked to Brian Baldinger from the NFL Network uh, another one of our good friends here yeah. he says Purdy's got to make five big throws in I, this game. I don't disagree I, I, I'll, I'll uh and I, I love Baldy Baldy's the man he's like me he's obsessed with watching um I won't say throws. I'll say plays. Like, to me, whether it's a scramble like we saw against the Lions where it's third and 11 and he can make a big scramble. Yeah, I would say so. I feel like the 49ers are going to have to make – steal one possession somehow, some way. Like, if the game plays out status quo, right, no turnovers, clean on both sides, all that – Man, that just feels like it's going to Mahomes late game winning win that way. You know, the, we always talk about this at every level, but right. you know, you know this as well as I do. Most coaches will tell you there's three, four, five, five big plays right. in a game. Right. You're on the right side of those five big plays, and as just you mentioned there, if you're on the right side of that, you'll be you'll be winning it. Hey, very quickly yeah. before we let you go, Chris. Mahomes, if he wins this one, is he on the Mount, Rush, Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks? You know, I'm not so sure he's not there already. Like, yeah. uh, you know, the only one I can really. You know, and again, I think his talent is maybe the greatest talent in the history of football. I mean, we've never seen anybody like Mahomes, let alone he gets into the league in his first year. They're just like, we're going to ride you. That doesn't happen either. Like where they just make a young quarterback and go, he's the squad. We're going to let him carry us. We'll go from there. Right. That's odd. He's special to me. Yeah. Brady's ahead of him, but he's in the Brady Manning. Montana. He's right there with those guys. He is already an all time great. He is already one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen in the history of football for him to be six, you know, conference championships in a row. That's insane. I mean, again, Brady was amazing, and he didn't get to his 6-1 to the 12th year in the league, right? And that just I think that gives you a little bit of a flavor there. Christopher, great stuff. One Thank day you. we will tell you a great story about your dad Good. going into TSN 1040 back in the day, which is a great, great clip. I'll tell you off the air because we don't have time. Okay. we got to let you run. I always like to hear good stories on dad, but great, thanks for having great me. Great stuff, my friend. Always in good continued success with Pro Football Talk and with NBC Sports. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Chris Sims would like to hang out in his garage watching the game this Sunday. Uh, always fun talking with Chris and catching up with him. All right, as we go to break, got to tell you about Ronnie Patterson and the folks at the Landing Pub and Grill 
out in Delta. They've got a big, big Sunday plan. 13 TVs, two large screens, prizes, and great features of food and beverage offered all day long for your enjoyment. Be sure to check it out. Next segment, Best Of continues. UFC legend Chuck Liddell stops by right here on the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show. Whether it's for the big game on Sunday or any other night, the Ladner Landing Pub and Grill and Speeds Pub in downtown Ladner are the places to be. At the landing this Sunday, enjoy the game on 13 TVs. Prizes, great food and beverage features all day. At Speeds Pub, don't miss out on a fun outdoor tailgate party with tons of prizes and drink specials. All at the new Dockside Experience in Ladner. Football day or any day, check out Speeds Pub and the landing in Ladner. Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year, safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. Thinking of closing your business but not sure what it's all worth or how to get it sold? Let the experts at Able Auctions help. Able Auctions has helped thousands of BC-based business owners sell their business assets, equipment, and inventories for over 30 years. Recent sales include metal shops, wood shops, construction equipment, vehicle and truck fleets, and a whole lot more. If it's a business with assets, Able Auctions can get it sold. To get your business assets sold, email sales at ableauctions.ca. That's sales at ableauctions.ca. Moj here for my friends at the brand new Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey. In fact, it's Surrey's only craft brewery. Five incredible beers and more to come curated by infamous brewmaster Kevin Ems. Plus, boutique pizza coming soon by Graham Marceau. Seven TVs and surround sound to watch the game on Sunday or any big game. Plus, live music and they are dog friendly. And maybe the best of all, Resurrection Spirit cocktails on tap. Check them out. Located south of Highway 10, just off 152nd Street or online at waybackbruco.com This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show Presented in part by The Ladner Landing Pub and Grill OK Tire Langley Able Auctions The West Coast Auto Group And Wayback Bruco in Surrey Now again, here from Radio Row At Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas Here's Bob the Moj Marjanovich this is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl show coming to you from Radio Row, Las Vegas, Nevada, Mandalay Bay Convention Center. And this man was floating around, and I said, you know what? i got to get this guy on our show. Not, I mean, he's a legend when it comes to the UFC. We had a pretty legendary night at the parlor in Vancouver. You can check it out at The Real Mojo on Instagram, a picture of myself. Ed Jovanovski and the Iceman, Chuck Liddell, from 2016. I think that night's a blur for me. Do you remember much with Eddie J that night? It was a good one. We had had some fun. Hey, talk about Vancouver. I know you spent some time up there. I mean, one of your favorite cities, I imagine, to visit on the planet. Oh, yeah. It's a great great place to visit, man. I I was like, it's one of my favorite places to fight in Canada. I mean, the fans up there are great. You look back at your career now. People, you know, they talk about the UFC. They talk about the guys that kind of got everything going. Yourself, Randy Couture. I mean, do you kind of look at it and say, I planted the seed and I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing now in terms of this massive fruit that's oh, been yeah. born? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I, it's great to watch. And, I, you know, it's a great sport. My, my best sport in the world. I, I love watching. Why? I, it's, hey, man, it's guys, two guys fighting. It's, guys, it's the puzzle pieces of putting that together between 
Um, you know, mixing mixing all the different styles, and that, and the guys are getting better and better at mixing it, and putting it together, and moving around. So, you know, it's funny. I, I remember talking to Dana White about this, and he said the reason people like it because it's primal. I thought yeah. that was a great way of describing yeah, it. I mean, because you know, here's the thing, Chuck. I mean, you go to a hockey game, and everyone's talking about getting fighting out of hockey, right? No. But when a fight occurs, guess what? Everybody's standing on their feet. As much yeah. as people talk about concussions, got to get this out of the game. It's not safe. But when there's a fight, people all stand and start, you know, as long as nobody gets seriously hurt, yeah, people yeah, enjoy course. it, right? Right, of course. You know, I, I, like I, yeah, you don't want, don't want anyone to get seriously hurt. I mean, I'm trying to seriously hurt you when I'm fighting, but I'm hoping you're okay as soon as it's over. Now, how much has, you were talking about sports evolving, how much has MMA evolved since when you first started on YouTube? Oh, well, when I first started, we were just trying to figure out how to mix it together. You know, we were figuring out how to spar, how to, how to train. Now guys are coming into it. They, they they come into it as mixed martial arts. You know, when I started, you, most guys came with one. There's like three disciplines basically: yeah. striking, wrestling, takedown stuff, and then ground stuff, right? Jiu-jitsu. Um, and so everybody from the beginning came out came in with one of them. You know, they come in like a striker, and they had to learn the other two. Mm-hmm. And, but we, and we had to learn. And I came with two. I came with wrestling and striking, uh, but. And I learned jiu-jitsu. So now, but now we have to learn how to mix it together, how to train it together, how to put it together, and how to, how to you know, and then not. And now that you know, now they've got you know, you got nutritionists, strength coaches, uh, you got guys, and and they've gotten better and better at, at putting it, how to spar and how to train, how to how to work with it. So Way more scientific too. Yeah, right? more, scientific, in terms of more scientific and and like just just how, how do you how do you spar? Because it's it's really a hard sport to spar because you can't put big gloves on and wrestle. You know, like you can't put big sparring gloves on and wrestle. You can't, you punch, but you can't put little gloves on and punch guys in the head. Uh, and I, you're gonna have sparring partners too long. You know, it's crazy when you talk about sparring, and it brings back a memory of mine. Um, I've never done any competitive wrestling, boxing, none of the, none of that. I had occasional dust up maybe outside of a pub, but that was when I was a kid. But the one thing I do remember, Dale Walters was an Olympic bronze medalist, welterweight in L.A., Canadian guy. He had a, a gym in Vancouver. And I trained with him for two months doing boxing, right? Like, you know, the heavy bag, skipping rope, you know, the speed bag, all of it. And Dale says to me, he goes, you know what? He goes, I need a workout today. He goes, I had a rough night last night. Let's spar for three rounds. I'm like, well, this could be fun. Dude couldn't weigh more than 100 pounds. I'm like, this can be easy, right? Three of the toughest round, well, three times, three, nine minutes of, like, exhaustion. Like, by the end of the third round, I was done. I was spent. I had, and I'd been training for two months, right? People don't understand how tiring and how fatiguing just boxing, yeah. never mind boxing, but MMA, grappling, judo, you name oh, it, no. is. Oh, yeah, no, I used to think it was funny. I, I, I some of the football players come in yeah. uh, to my gym, and they want to spar. Okay, put on put on put on some pickups. I just let them start swinging. They swing really hard for about twenty seconds, thirty seconds. They start they get by, by the end of the end of the end of a couple of rounds. They can't even keep those gloves up. They can't. Yeah. They can't. Even, they're like they're, they're, their arms are so tired they can't keep the sixteen ounce gloves up. Yeah, yeah. I start laughing. I, like, How much longer is this round? I'm like, ah, oh, you got a couple of minutes. On me. <laughs> I remember with Dale. I was so done by the third round. I was covering up in the corner he's like come on keep fighting keep fighting like you know keep swinging and i'll never forget i look over the side and there was a big glass window and three women were walking down the stairs and they were, i'm thinking to myself what are they thinking there's a guy who weighs like 100 pounds soaking wet and he's got this guy who weighs like 250 covered up in a corner taking punches right i mean it was just it was embarrassing but it was funny at the same time chuck liddell the Iceman, the ufc legend is our guest for a couple more minutes chuck where do you see the future of ufc 
Um, I, I just think it'll keep getting bigger. I mean, it's, it's, it's they're going to keep going. I, I hope it stays. I, I like it having it like I, as much as people as a fan. Uh, as much as people, uh, people always talk about breaking it up. The UFC has got the. Uh, I like having one organization at the top. It's yeah. not like having an NFL. You know, all your all your all your all your favorite fighters in the same under the same umbrella. Umbrella. So they're all going. You don't want to. You don't want to see it like boxing, where you had like you know, at one point you had all these different yeah, divisions. And then, yeah, and, and then this guy, and then that guy yeah. dodges this guy for three years. Yeah. You know, it's like it, and they, it's just so hard to get get a, a fight made. I mean, the thing in the UFC, even if you're the most boring fighter in the world, if you're the best in the world, eventually you're gonna hit your title shot, and you're gonna and if you can, if no one can beat you, you're gonna you're gonna keep it. What's keeping you busy these days? Um, you know, go around, go around. Uh, I do some speaking engagements and stuff. I and uh, do some charity stuff, do, doing some charity work, um, raising my kids mostly though. Still, yeah, still so get into I, the gym occasionally. I, I like it. That's my favorite way to work out. Yeah. I, mean, I got, if I have to do any anything, favorite way to do cardio or anything is just hitting the bag, get mitts, wrestling. All right. Well, Chuck, it's been great catching up with you. Continued success in all your endeavors, and look forward to seeing you down the road. Uh, thank you, guys. The legend himself, Chuck Liddell, part of our best of show here on the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl show. Speaking of the best of, well, when you're looking for the best service, the best tire selection. Visit Delaney's OK Tire in Langley. And they're more than tires, folks. They've got you covered with full auto service that protects your warranty, alignment, brakes, car accessories, oil change, struts. You can go on, but you get the picture. Check it all out. Delaney's OK Tire Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway. Or call them to book an appointment at 604-530-2545. All right, our final segment, probably one of our, well, our good friends down here. Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker Football Podcast will wrap up our best of show right here on the Northwest Tank Lines Super Bowl show. Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. Looking for tires? Looking to meet your automotive needs? Looking for great service? Well, it's the Moj, and whenever it comes to tires or meeting those automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire in Langley. OK Tire in Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire in Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. Moj here for my friends at the brand new Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey. In fact, it's Surrey's only craft brewery. Five incredible beers and more to come curated by infamous brewmaster Kevin Ams. Plus, boutique pizza coming soon by Graham Marceau. Seven TVs and surround sound to watch the game on Sunday or any big game. Plus, live music and they are dog friendly. And maybe the best of all, Resurrection Spirit cocktails on tap. Check them out. Located south of Highway 10, just off 152nd Street or online at waybackbruco.com Hey, it's the Moj. It's just not in the world of sports where having a great roster is important. That's why the West Coast Auto Group has built an all-star roster around their stars. West Coast Toyota, Mazda, Nissan, Kia, and Ford Lincoln get all the headlines, but great defense and role players are just as important. And that's where their famous service comes in. Great service, great selection, great squad. The West Coast Auto Group, just over the bridge in Maple Ridge and at westcoastautogroup.com. 
This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show. Presented in part by Speeds Pub and Ladner, Delaney's OK Tire Langley, Able Auctions, Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey, and the West Coast Auto Group. Now, here again from Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, here's Bob the Moach Marjanovic. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show. We are coming to you from Radio Row, Mandalay Bay Hotel, Super Bowl 58. Between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers, our 23rd time at Radio Row. And it's always a treat seeing this guy face-to-face. The one and only Russ, Ross Tucker. You know him, man. Ross Tucker, NFL podcast. He's got his college podcast, NFL handicapping podcast. Even money, it's called. Even money, yeah. I like the ring. Thank you, Canadian College Championship. Taylor always bugs me about it. Um, I was given to it because I was an alumni and kind of supported the thing. And I didn't, like, play Although I did play it. And it's funny. I played at UBC and coached at UBC for the longest. Guess what? Princeton, Princeton has sent me a couple Ivy League championship rings. Yeah, there you go. And I wear them when I do like a speech. Yeah. Or something. You know what's funny? I just thought of this. Friday night, I have my wife's daddy-daughter dance. My uh-huh. wife's. No, my kids, my girl's daddy-daughter dance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock. I'm going to rock my, uh, there you my go. championship ring to the daddy-daughter there dance. There you go. Show all the other daddies up. Hey, speaking of Dollywell, have you got him signed up for myfrontpagestory.com? No, but he should be. I mean, how can he not be? Taylor. It Taylor's is. got so much disposable income, he should buy it for Dollywell and Is himself. that right? Tell me about those guys. Oh, hey, they're still working. I'm doing TV. They're TV stars now. I'm what channel is it? I don't even know what it's on. Check TV. What is Check TV? Vancouver Island. And it's seen in the Vancouver market as well. I mean, they have a pretty good audience because I get emails from people and stuff. All they want me to do is make fun of Rick. Yeah. They're like, you didn't. I'll get an email. You didn't make fun of Rick today once. Ask Dollywall about Vegas and why he's banned from City of Vegas. You ever hear the story? No. 6 a.m. update. He'd been drinking till four. Tried doing the update, and it was just a mess. Uh, absolute mess. What update? On the radio? Yeah, like when he was doing updates for us. We did like a big client thing down here, right? <laughs> and there's actually, if you Google it, you can probably find it online where he's like trying to do the update and he's just like, it's a complete wipeout. It's amazing. Yeah, so ask Dollywall, tell me about the update from Vegas at 6 in the morning. <laughs> I will. I think I only have one more with those guys next week after the Super Bowl. But I will I will gladly if do that. If I can find it on YouTube, I will send it to you. It's good to see you in person, man. Yeah, it's always fun. How's everything going uh, up good. in BC? Good, good. Doing the play-by-play for the Lions, and that's still a lot of fun. And have a great time working with my, my crew and Julio Caravetta. I should say our crew, Julio Caravetta, our producer, Mike Whittingham. Nick Kowalski here is our Lions videographer. So nice. It's a lot of fun, yeah. Hey, of all the questions you faced on Radio Row and here in Vegas, um, i got to say probably the question that you were stumped by, the one that you had no answer for, was the other night at media night at Allegiant Stadium when I asked you about the X-Factor. <laughs> Dude, you would not believe how much heat I took for that. It was like people were like, what a dumb question. Tucker just <laughs> ripped you. And I'm like, guys, we're friends. It's all in good fun. <laughs> no, it's not. He ripped you. I'm like, no, it's all good. It, it all is in good fun. And you're not the only person that asked that question. You're just – it's funny. The more you know somebody, the longer you know somebody, the more you're likely to bust their chops about a question like that. So, uh, no, I, I think X Factor is a fine question. I think there. I think it's like a, like a. I guess lazy question. 
is what I would say. It would be like uh, the question I would ask if I didn't have like a real question. To ask. But you know the, what, you know what I, I like though? It gives you a wide berth. You can you know talk about That's whatever true. you want from there. That's I'm true. I'm not pigeonholing you. Now you can go off and talk about whatever you want. Because you know, as a guest, sometimes people want to talk about stuff, and you're like, no, I really want to get into this. This is the the focus. You know, and my thing is, I go on shows now, and I just start asking them questions. Because I'm not really interested in the stuff I already know uh-huh. or talking about me. Like, I'm interested in more in, like, British Columbia and Vancouver. And are are they – is there a lot of anti-Niners fans because they no. like the Hawks? No. I, I I would say no. There are a lot of Niner fans in Vancouver because you got to realize the Seahawks weren't that good with a certain generation and kids grew up watching Montana and stuff. So there are a ton of 40 – I mean, you go to Seattle for a 49er game, man, it's it's – there's – Tons of 49ers. That's fans. interesting. Yeah. Well, they I know this. They travel very well to a lot of places. That's for sure. Think it's going to make a difference come Sunday? One team might have a bit of an advantage with the crowd? Well, you and I were both at opening night, and there were certainly a lot, I mean a lot more Niners fans at opening night than Chiefs fans. There has to be a little bit of fatigue, I would think, for Chiefs fans at this point. I mean, obviously they're loving it, and it's the dynasty and whatever, but – if you paid to go to the Super Bowl last year, are you going to make sure you pay these exorbitant prices to come out this year? I, I just think that that's probably unlikely. I think you're more likely to have, you know, the Niners fans, because they have, they've only been twice since whatever it is, the 90s, I guess, right? When mm-hmm. The Niners is just 2019, and, and this year they haven't yeah, gone they any the other Ravens, time. The Ravens game in New Oh, Orleans. no, you're right, 2012. Right? With 2019, Kaepernick. but they also haven't won one. Yeah. So, you know, these Niner fans, are they're clamoring for a Super Bowl, especially with everyone else having success. Ross Tucker is our guest, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Ross Tucker Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports Podcast, Ross Tucker College Draft Podcast, and the Ross Tucker Even Money Podcast. Ross Tucker gets mentioned a lot, like, in your branding. That's good. I like uh, that. Yeah, you know what? It's like a Google search thing, I think. <laughs> I even did Ross Tucker Football Podcast so that, like, if you Googled football podcast, it would come up. Or if you searched on Apple Podcast or iTunes or whatever. Hey, let me throw this because you played this position in the National Football League. And I talked to Tim Ryan, 49ers. Love Tim Ryan. Great guy. Uh, it's funny because we hadn't talked in years. I talked to him when he was with the 49ers, and then he went to network. And then I hadn't talked to him since he's gone back. And uh, I saw him the other night. I had to kind of tough recognizing because he had a ponytail going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says he's going to cut it if the 49ers win, but I asked him, I said, give me one story about the 49ers that people aren't talking about. He said the old line. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think especially considering they lost McGlinchey in free agency, I think they've done a pretty good job. Now, I think the last couple games been a little bit dicey in pass pro at least on the right side of the offensive line with McKivitz and Feliciano. But I think overall, like, here's the thing, man. They're not really paying any of those guys other than Trent Williams. I mean, think about that. Like, Trent Williams, they have Trent Williams and then basically, like, I don't know, I don't want to say journeymen, but four guys that are not considered among the elite or anything like that. It's pretty impressive that they're able to be this productive, you know, top five offense, all those things. Considering what I just said. Yeah, but, I mean, that's how you get to this game. you got to find value somewhere, right? And it sounds like San Francisco's getting that value from their old line. That's a ter- and their quarterback. That's a terrific point. Yeah. That's actually, write that down. Uh, <laughs> Moj made a good point, which is true. You do have to find value somewhere. 
and they have found value in the offensive line not paying all those guys an exorbitant amount. And I think it's because you're right. They're, they're trying to pay linebackers like Fred Warner and Greenlaw, and they're trying to pay a lot of positions. If you can get production from the offensive line, that's valuable. You're an intelligent individual, Ivy Leaguer, as you mentioned, Princeton, home of the Tigers. Did I say that? I didn't yeah, say that. Did. No, I did. Okay. I mean, you're, you're a smart guy. So you know, and plus you played O-line. You know where this game's won and lost. It's lost, won and lost in the trenches. How do you break down the battle of the line of scrimmage with these two teams? So I think earlier in the year I would have said Niners, you know, um, based on how they were playing. I thought the Chiefs' tackles were struggling a little bit. But more recently, I, I kind of think you need to say it's the opposite. I think now you got to say that it's the Chiefs up front. I mean, the Chiefs kind of stoned the Ravens' running attack. Now, the Ravens, I'm still frustrated by that, that they didn't try to run it more or run it the way they had been. So that's a big negative, I would say, for the Ravens. But I would say the Chiefs' D-line has stepped up and played better, and the Chiefs' O-line now – the X factor in that question, Boge, <laughs> is Joe Tooney. He's not going to play. I'd be shocked if he did. Allegretti's a drop-off. Like, with Tooney, they have the best interior trio in the league. Without Tooney, you know, that changes things a little bit. And Allegretti's a decent drop-off. So I'll be curious to see how that unfolds. Before we wrap up with myfrontpagestory.com and Rick's story about Vegas, um, I don't like asking for predictions, but I do like asking. Oh, no, I'll give you one. I don't no, care. No, no, I, I like asking, where's this game going to be won and lost? What are some of the questions you want to see answered come Sunday? And, well, then, and then tell me who wins. Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, I think everybody's curious. You know, it's hard to imagine them winning unless Purdy plays well the whole game. He's played well in the last drive against the Packers. The second half against the Lions. He needs to play well for the whole game against the Chiefs. And the way their defense has played this year, I'm just not convinced he's going to be able to do that. I mean, the way the secondary has played for the Chiefs and the way their corners have played, I don't think he'll do that. I think if these teams played ten times, I think the Chiefs would win seven or eight of them. And so this is obviously uh, one of them, you would think. So I'll go 24-20 Chiefs. But who knows? Maybe it'll be one of the two or three games where the Niners will My win. front page, story.com. By far the info. best Valentine's Day gift of all time. People have no idea what to do for Valentine's Day. You talk to one of their writers for 10 minutes while you're driving around British Columbia. Tell them how great your significant other is. It looks like you're looking at it, Moj. It looks mm-hmm. like it's on the cover of the newspaper. Yeah. It's framed. It's beautiful. And just to be able to give it to her and say, I want to do something special for you, babe. I've had a story written about you. Like, that just sounds amazing. Myfrontpagestory.com, myfrontpagestory.com. Trust me. All right, before we let you go, remember, Dollywall, Vegas Sports Update, update. 6 a.m. I got it. I'm on it. Ross, great stuff. Always Always pleasure seeing you. you. Absolutely, buddy. All right, big thank you to Ross Tucker. As we wrap up our best of show, a big thank you to everyone behind the scenes. Mike Whittingham, our executive producer, the best in the business, doing a great job as usual, piecing all of this together. Nick Kowalski. With all of the work on social media, check it all out on X at The Real Moj or on Instagram at The Real Moj. Mojonsports.com for all of these interviews throughout the course of the week. And, of course, Mojon Sports on YouTube. Nick doing an amazing job. And, of course, we wouldn't be here without our sponsors. So big thank you to Scott Jones and the folks at the West Coast Auto Group. 
Brett Clayton, Trevor Delaney, the OK Tire crew out in Langley. Way back, Bruco, Mark Woodall and company, thank you so much. Ronnie Patterson with the Landing Pub and Grill in Ladner, B.C., also Speeds Pub as well. Big thank you to Ronnie. Jeremy Dodd, Able Auctions, always on board with all of our projects. And, of course, our title sponsor, Mr. Tom Blaney and the good folks at Northwest Tank Lines. Hey, folks, enjoy the game on Sunday. Have yourself a great weekend. Just do us a favor. Be safe. The West Coast Traveler is an adventure in itself with content created by professional journalists and amazing photos provided by our readers. WestCoastTraveler.com is the newest travel network exploring all corners of Western Canada and the U.S. You'll see stunning photos and videos, read engaging travel features from around Western Canada and the U.S., experience all the West Coast has to offer. Begin planning your next adventure. Visit WestCoastTraveler.com.